0: Welcome to episode number 46 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are in a series on our finances. We're talking about a lot of different areas in finances that they need prayer and they need faith, that we need to go to God, we need to understand His Word, we need to understand exactly what God wants us to do in making decisions for financial things. So I want to talk today about something that I'm very excited about. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've been more excited about a session than I am about today's. I really believe the Lord has something special for all of us today, and I believe that as we read His words, just a couple scriptures from His Word, we'll be able to get a new insight about how much God cares for us and how much He wants to do to bless us. I don't think a lot of people realize that God has a responsibility to take care of us because he said he'll he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, he'll always be with us, that he'll supply our needs. The key to that is that God wants us to serve him, to love him. If we're outside of God's plan, if we've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, then he's not responsible for us. We then turn ourselves over to what the world has in store for us. But when we give our hearts to Christ, when we make a commitment to to our Lord, then it basically, throughout the word of God, it tells us that he has the responsibility to meet our needs. And I get excited about that. I I realize that our God wants to so badly bless us and help us and encourage us and to see us be successful and to see us prosper in all things and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. So today we're going to get into a couple scriptures. I'll read them here in just a moment. And we're going to talk about what God has planned. But let me just pray first that God will bless you. Father, I pray those that are listening in today that you would open up their hearts and their minds and their eyes father god to hear and to see from heaven and to understand what your word is telling them today pray that today we would understand lord that you are responsible. You have taken on the responsibility to care for your people. Just like we take over the responsibility of caring for our children, then you take on that same position. I thank of that, Father. And I pray, Lord, that in this message today, in this teaching today, that your word will come alive, Father. That it'll explode off of this page. And use me, Lord, to bring a message that's going to make a difference in people's lives. And I'll thank you for it in advance and give you all the praise now. In Jesus' name, amen. The title that I want to use in today's session is God's Ways in Our Finances. I really wasn't sure how to name this, but during my prayer time, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me to give you that title in this particular episode. The title came from Isaiah chapter 55 and verses number 8, 9, maybe 10. We'll just see where it goes from there. So as I'm reading in the New Living Translation from Isaiah 55 and verse 8, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Verse 9, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So just kind of salivate, if you will, kind of enjoy those words. Don't look at those words as something where God's trying to tell you that he's sharper and smarter than you, because he he is. We know that he is. He doesn't have to prove it. So these are not words where God is talking down to us. The Lord is giving us these words to help us understand the power in his thoughts, the power in his ways. And if we can start thinking that way, we will be driven to his word. We will run to the word of God to find direction in our financial decisions and all the financial issues that we face each and every day, every week, every year, and on and on throughout our life. You know, it's interesting when I think about finances. There's something I said for years, and that is that the decisions that we've made from the beginning of our life until today is the sum total of where we stand financially. The decisions that we've made, the thoughts that we've made, the the ways that we've taken direction, is the sum total of everything that we've done. Basically, comes up to where we are today, where we stand in our financial position today. So, if that's great and you're doing wonderful, that's great. Then continue to ask for God, because God can always take you to a new level. You know, it really doesn't matter out there. If you are extremely wealthy, worth millions of dollars, or whether you're just barely making it, payday to payday on a on a modest salary, just getting by, God's ways are still greater than our ways, and so. If If we believe that, then we'll start leaning to Him when we get to the point where we're wondering, is it in my finances, is it it about me making more money or is it about me spending less? Is it about me having a good budget or is it about waiting someday and hoping that I'm going to get a big inheritance or somehow, or possibly I'm going to put some money and try and gamble and put money in a lottery and hopefully someday my, as they say, my ship will come in, which simply means that I'll someday hit it big and a big old check will come in the mail and I'll be wealthy for the rest of my life. That is not God's plan. God's plan is found in the book of Proverbs where, where they the words are so clear that hasty speculation brings poverty, but, but constant and steady plotting brings prosperity. So with that, just just that thought alone, just a steady, consistent life will bring prosperity. I've used many times the references of my dad because he had such an amazing impact on my life. I was blessed to have a wonderful, godly father who loved me, he loved all of us kids the same, and he loved my mom dearly, and, and he was a good man. But he never really made any financial money, any real significant growth in his income. But it's interesting, with a very small income, working for the same company for 40-some years, at the end of of his time when he retired, his house was paid off. He believed in steady plotting. That would be God's ways. So if we look back at Isaiah chapter fifty-five and verse eight, the the Lord's telling us, "My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts; absolutely nothing." He realizes that we don't think like He thinks, we don't believe like God believes. You know, I've been in ministry for a lot of years. My wife and I were both became Christians when we were about twenty-five years of age, and we've been serving the Lord ever since, and thankful for His blessings and His goodness. But I've always known that God was smarter than me. I've always known that God's thoughts were greater than mine, and I thought I was kind of a big thinker. I always thought that, well, I'm going to someday build a business and make a lot of money and give a lot of money to the church. And I started putting numbers on them, like someday if I build a nice size church and it runs a thousand people or more, we'll have a great success there. If I can give, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Lord, that would be great. And I thought, boy, those would be great goals and great accomplishments. And those are good things. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But as I look back on that, I shouldn't have set goals that were so limited because God wouldn't think that way. I believe the Lord might be sitting up there saying, you know, you could have had greater success if you would have relied upon my thoughts. What he's saying is if you'll have the heart of God, if you'll have the mind of Christ, if you'll have the ability to think like I think the Lord's I believe says to us, then there's no limit. And that's what I one of the points I want to make today. I want you to think about not placing limits on God's ability to bless you. There there's no reason that you sit back you should sit back or any of us should sit back and say, Well, just someday if I can get this point, then then I'll be happy with that. Well, maybe God's got something greater. For you than that. And, and a lot of folks, I know in pastors, with pastors, many pastors start a church and they'll think, if I just get a little congregation going and if I can get to 100 people, that'll be great. And then maybe if I can get to 200 people, that would be great. And then three or four. And then they kind of top out and they're saying themselves they're, they're worn out and they're beat up. Well, then that's, if that works for them, great. There's nothing wrong with a church staying small as long as the people there are being ministered to and as long as they're leading people to Jesus and, and fulfilling the great commission to go out and preach the gospel to everyone. And if that means you're going to have a small Small church in a small area—that's fine. But I remember going to Sierra Vista. It's a little town, about 180 miles or 90 miles south of the Phoenix area in Arizona. And my wife and I were asked to go down to Sierra Vista to manage a branch owned by the the huge bank that I was working for. And they said we'd like you to turn this into a big facility, a larger facility with more deposits and more loans and and a larger portion of of market, what they call market penetration, which means we want want to get a larger piece of the pie, a piece of the market down there and to grow it and prosper it. And so my wife and I took the challenge. We went down. It was a great opportunity for me because I was a very young man. About Really, I was only about 26 years old at the time and they gave me this opportunity. We went down there and I could see the challenge at the bank. But the more important thing was in my life was that my wife and I went around town looking for a church. And so we went around before we made the decision that, yes, we would go down there. We wanted to be sure of the spiritual conditions there in Sierra Vista. I was looking for financial blessing, obviously. I wanted to be more successful in my career. I wanted to provide a nicer home for my family, drive nice cars, go on nice vacations, all that stuff. That's just normal. But really at the top of the list was, where's a good church? Where can My wife and I, where can we go and be where God wants us to be? So we drove around. We looked at the big church that were all pretty, and by big, Sierra Vista is a small town. at least by my standards, it's small. Today, it runs about forty thousand people. A lot of folks probably think that's a huge town, but nonetheless, some of the churches were pretty good size. They maybe they were running three or four hundred, five hundred people, and the grounds were pretty and clean, and everything looked just great. And so, in my own mind, in my thoughts, I thought, "No, hey, this is this is the place we should go because these people got it together." But my wife and I looked at it and said, "You know, I don't think so. I think I think they're okay. I think." they don't really need our help. So then we drove around to other churches and, and there were some that weren't quite as nice. But it's so funny, we went down on a little place called Fry, Fry, Arizona. No one knows that even hardly it exists. It's a little town, quite frankly, right in the middle of the city limits of Sierra Vista. And we went and drove down this area and actually we were driving alongside the railroad tracks. And it was kind of a rundown area kind of, you could see it was blighted. And in the middle of it was this little church. And it was just in terrible condition. It was little. It was dirty. The grass hadn't been cut, looked like. There were weeds growing everywhere. We walked up to the front door. We looked at the door, and it was just terrible. It hadn't been cleaned. It hadn't been sanded. It hadn't been stained. There were huge, beautiful wood doors, but things were not being cared for, and the place was just terrible. And we thought to ourselves, this would be the last place that we should go because according to my thoughts, I can't be blessed here. Now listen to that. According to my thoughts and my wife's thoughts, we didn't feel we could be blessed there because it didn't look like anybody had had any success. Well, while we were driving away, I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, basically, I'm not an audible voice, but I was impressed by the Holy Spirit that that's the church I want you to at least attend and try it out and see if you can't be a blessing there. And so obviously, this was Saturday, we were running around, so Sunday morning came around and we had spent the night there in Sierra Vista and we decided to go to that little church. We walked up, drove up to the place, and I was really still frustrated because it hadn't been painted on the outside in I don't know how many decades, and it was just in terrible shape. We went inside, and there were about 30 people sitting in this little church that seats about 100, and I thought to myself, well, that's okay. I'm not upset with that, and as soon as we got there, we opened the door. The people were very kind, very loving. They extended their hands to us and very, very kind, loving people. We heard the pastor preach and pastor got up there and he preached his heart out. He was an elderly man, but boy, he was doing a great job and talking about how we need to reach out to other people. And I could see that God had placed them there to try and fire these folks up to get them to do something and make a big impact on their city and to do something more than what their thoughts were. See, God's thoughts were higher. And so when we we shook the hands of these people, shook the pastor's hand, then the pastor said, would you like to go out and have? some coffee or something, whatever, and get together and talk. And we said, well, yeah, that'd be nice. So we went out and we chatted and we talked and it was fine. Everything was great. So my wife and I got in our car and we were on our way back to... Phoenix, all of a sudden, both of us were sitting there thinking. You could tell we were kind of quiet, but we were thinking about the church. Quite frankly, I wasn't thinking about the job at all. I wasn't thinking about this great opportunity the bank had given me, and I was given an opportunity to become a work my way towards becoming a full vice president of the bank at a very young age. It was really a great opportunity, but the, what was on our heart and what was on our mind was that sad little church that needed so much help, and so we started talking, and I said, honey, you'd sure think that somebody would cut that grass. You'd sure think that that somebody would clean those doors up and make them look nice. You'd think somebody would go inside and paint the place. You'd think, you'd think, you'd think. And both, and she was kind of saying the same thing. And we were being nice. We weren't attacking anybody. But we were saying, why isn't it nice? And almost at the same moment, we receive God's thoughts. In our spirit, in our spirit man, we sense the Holy Spirit speaking to us and say, The reason I sent you there is because you are supposed to be the blessing in that church. And if those doors are a mess, then you fix them. If the grass needs to be mowed, then you mow it. If the weeds need to be pulled, then you pull them. And you show the people how they can dress up their church and put a lot of effort into it and I've got great plans for you. So, wow, my wife and I just looked at each other. You could just, all of a sudden, we started sharing our thoughts about, you know, we're the ones that are supposed to do that. God has a plan for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless us financially. He wants to bless us in our marriage. He wants to bless us in our relationships. More than anything else, He wanted to bless us with a closer walk with Him and a closer relationship with Him. And so, we decided that would be our church. And so we moved down to Sierra Vista. We settled in and we went to church there from the very first day. And something amazing happened because I started to understand that God's thoughts were greater than mine. I started to see that all of a sudden the bank was blessing me and they gave me a big pay raise. God's thoughts were, do what I ask you to do and I'll take care of the rest. Honestly, I believe because we went there to help that church that somehow the Lord looked at that and said, I want to be sure he's blessed. And the church all of a sudden gave me an increase in pay. They gave me more money and they were telling me, we want you here. We want to bless you. And I'm thinking, that didn't come from the bank. That came from God and his thoughts and his ways. And in the scripture it says, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. See, Sharon and I could not imagine the financial blessings we were going to have. We couldn't imagine that church doing anything or being successful. Well, we started going there. Before we knew it, I became so close to the pastor, he was having me lead the worship service. And I'm not a singer, but we were up there leading the worship service because that church had had 30 people in it for about 30 years. And some would come and some would go, but it just had no success. And all of a sudden, the church started getting blessed. And within a matter of just less than a year, the church was packed out, wall to wall, people standing around. It had nothing to do with my singing. It had everything to do with God's thoughts, God's ways, and what God wanted to do. I'm so thankful that we stepped into that realm. That's where Sharon and I were called to go into full-time ministry. In that little church is where we felt the Holy Spirit impress us that I've got greater plans for you. And even though I was focused on my career and those kind of things, God got a hold of me because I read his word And that's what you need to do. That's what I'm hoping you'll do. You'll you'll read his word about your financial decisions and you'll see that whatever plans you've got, think about God's thoughts. Think about his ways. And think about what it says in verse 9. It says, "'For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways.'" and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Everything that God wants for us in our finances is greater than we can imagine or even think. God wants to bless us, but sometimes we don't understand how much. You know, I've often talked about Pastor Tommy Barnett, who's my one of my dearest friends in all the world, and he's been my pastor and my mentor for over like 42, 43 years now. And he has been blessed so greatly in the ministry, to where now he has a worldwide ministry now called Dream Centers. He has an amazing ministry here in Phoenix area with his son, Luke. The two of them are pastoring the church in Phoenix, and they are doing a great work for God. The finances in that church church just keeps coming in and coming in and coming in. During this period of time, a lot of churches were going under because they were kind of giving up and thinking, well, the COVID thing has hurt us. The people aren't coming. They're not giving. But I'm so thankful that Pastor Tommy and Pastor Luke, our pastors of the church, said, you know, this is when we're going to advance. This is when we're going to move forward for the Lord. See, I believe that those were God's thoughts. And they believe that God will bless them. You see, sometimes when we're down, when we're kind of down, but not out, but we're just down, that's sometimes when we need to pick ourselves up even more and advance even more aggressively. I know that when I was a pastor for years, I always seemed to get excited as the summer months came by, and a lot of times the churches decline in attendance during the summer months, at least in Arizona where it's so hot, and we have a tendency to think, well, the income's going to be down, we can't do anything new, we can't do this, we can't do that. But the Holy Spirit would speak to me and say, "This is the sum, this is the time to advance." And we would extend our services and add new services and and build activities and programs and increase new activities and and receive new offerings and God always blessed it and prospered us at times and that's because God's thoughts and his ways are greater than ours and in your finances don't you dare give up on God don't you dare think that God's not going to bless you financially that you'll never experience the abundance that God once has for you because he wants to bless you he desires to bless you and his word is filled with examples of how he's going to do that. We're going to move on now to a different verse. I think I may have spent just a little more time on that than I should have, but I felt the Holy Spirit was in it and I believe that you were blessed by it. So I'm going to turn now to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 9, where this passage tells us about how amazing God is and how he wants to bless us in every area. And it's that it says here, that is why what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those Who love him. If you look at that and just tie that to your finances and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and receive the blessings of the Lord and receive a confident blessing, a secure blessing from the Lord that that this, this is so true. Here on earth, no eye has seen, no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Think about Billy Graham. When Billy Graham started preaching, he was not known as one of the great preachers in the world. He was kind of a good guy and whatever, but his, his meetings were not that big and he started small, but he never despised the little things and the scriptures tell us about that never despised the little things. And Billy Graham went on and became the single most successful evangelist that the world's ever seen, even greater than than Paul's efforts because they say that Billy Graham preached to over 1 billion people during his entire time of ministry. And he lived to be, I guess he was in his late 90s. So the man had a full life and he never dreamed. His eye could not see nor his ears could hear and his mind could not imagine what God had prepared for him because God loved him. And I want you to take that in your heart right now. Apply it to your finances and start thinking. And the reason I'm not specifically giving you a teaching on make step number one, step number two, step number three is I want all of us to catch the idea that our source of financial blessing comes from God. And that since he's his, He's our source, then we need to go to him and go to his word to find the direction he has for us. And understand that he wants to bless us because he talks about giving us greater thoughts and greater ways. He talks about blessing us beyond what we can imagine or even think. And then as we go on to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse, let's say, number 16. this In this particular passage, Paul's talking to the church in Corinthian talking to them about his desire for them to understand the the wisdom of God. He's pointing out to them that they're having problems and challenges and there's some division in their church. And he's telling them that they first start giving God thanks. So maybe that's what we should do in our finances to start off by giving him thanks for what he's already done for us and thanks in advance for what he's going to do. Then Paul gets to it and talks about the wisdom that God has and that we can have that wisdom. And then he goes on to get an explanation that's so important. He talks about how, how God has wisdom beyond our understanding that's where he says no eye has seen or ear has heard nor mind has imagined what god has prepared for those who love him he's explaining that and as he goes through that then finally he gets to verse number 16 where he says for who can know the lord's thoughts who knows enough to teach him but we understand these things for we have the mind of christ two very important points there he says who knows enough to teach him We need to surrender in our finances and realize that God knows more than we know and that he is our source and he's the one with all knowledge. He's the one with all power. He's the one with all understanding. He knows what's going to happen in the stock market. He knows what's going to happen in the real estate market. He knows when you go to buy a house, whether you're going to be happy with it or not. He understands these things and we don't. Many times we understand some of it, but not to his level. And then he says, but we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. Just receive that. Come on. I want you out there. Now here comes the pastor in me as I feel like I'm preaching and I forgive me if you feel that way, but I I want to teach this, this premise that's so strong. We have the mind of Christ. When we become followers of Jesus Christ, we don't seek out the mind of Christ. We have it. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us and he gives us the ability to think and to reason in the way that he thinks and he reasons. I believe that's why we should always pray together about finances when we're a couple. My wife and I are in the midst right now of trying to purchase a new home. We are downsizing. Our kids are all raised. They're doing their own thing. They got their own kids now. And so we've decided it's time to downsize to something a little more manageable, something that would be a little wiser for us to have. And so we're praying and we're seeking God Yesterday we went out to look at a house, and we thought when we first saw it, it was perfect. We thought, my goodness, everything about it's great. The views are great. The house is great. The price is fine, and we just went down the whole list of our thoughts and our mind, and we thought the right decision would be this is a financial decision. It's a big financial decision, and so we had it all figured out. We knew exactly what it'd be. So I told the gal, you know, we'll probably get back with her with an offer. We expect to, but we'll get back with her later. Then Sharon and I got home, and on the way home, we we just were talking about it and then we got home and we prayed about it And then all of a sudden we started thinking about those things and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, is this the right place? Because I don't want to buy anything that God doesn't want me in. And I don't want to live in a house. I don't care how nice it is. I don't care what kind of a price it is. If God doesn't want me to be there, then I don't want to be there. And I think that's how all of us should be. If God's not in the financial decision, if he's not in your plan for your finances, then run from that plan and get into his plan. And so we got home, we prayed about it, and we slept on it last night and we woke up this morning and it's amazing. All of a sudden, I had a dozen things that I didn't think I liked about the home. I see I had the mind of Christ to make that decision and Sharon started thinking about things she was concerned about and questioning, and she had the mind of Christ, and so the cautions were there, and so now we're kind of like, well, the old saying is, when in doubt, don't do it. You know, when you're getting ready to make a financial decision, and there's a lot of doubt, then just don't do it. Don't put yourself in a position where you're doing it on your own, and, and you've walked away from God's thoughts, His ways, His mind, and that's how he teaches us in his word and that's how it should be. So we're going to pass on that house. And if you have talked to me yesterday, 24 hours ago, I'd have thought, this is it. We found it. We know it's what it is. That's the one we want. And Sharon felt the same way. But now we're thinking, no, it's not right. It's not for us. And so we move on. So we thank the Lord that his ways are greater than ours. And we thank the Lord that his thoughts are higher than ours. And we thank the Lord that we have the mind of Christ where we are allowed to think about financial decisions. So in kind of wrap this whole teaching up today, let me just tell you about my thoughts about your finances. I believe that you need a plan. First of all, the plan has to be to seek God first, pray and get into his word and seek out the scriptures. Now, all my podcasts that I've been teaching for months and months now are all about passages of scripture that has instructions for everything we want to do. I mean, there's not anything you're going to do with your finances that God has not addressed it in the word. And so they're there. If you want to go back, this is my 46th podcast. So there's a whole lot of messages dealing with a lot of subjects and a lot of issues and making good financial decisions and having a financial plan. We talk about budgets. We talk about lending. We talk about guaranteeing loans. We talk about loaning to other people and not loaning to other people. All that is found in in these podcasts. In addition to that, on my webpage, if you go to that, it's davidcfriendauthor.com. If you go to that webpage, I have a number of books. I've written six books. Five of them are currently on Amazon and you can acquire those books. One is entitled, Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. I believe one of the things that robs us of joy in our life is being bogged down in debt. And I think that book will be very helpful to you and it'll help other people. And you can get that book and you can copy stuff out of it all you want i don't care i don't have a problem with that but it's important that if you get it you're going to be blessed by it and you're going to learn how to get out of debt and how to get out of debt quickly you don't have to wait 20 years to be out of debt you can do it in a very short period of time there's other books in there dealing with faith there's a book i've written called generosity what's in it for me which is kind of a play on words where generosity shouldn't have the thought of what's in it for me but in reality Every financial decision that we make has some kind of impact on us, and there is something in it for us, whether it be a blessing or whether it might even be a curse. So there's stuff on there I think it will help you, so I would encourage you to go to the webpage davidcfriendauthor.com and obtain all that information that you possibly would like, and I know that you'll be blessed by it. We're going to continue our series on finances, and I'm going to, in the next session coming up, after this one, next episode, I'm going to talk focused entirely on on thoughts, financial thoughts. It's it's so important the way we think is the way that we will be. The way that we think about things is many times the decision that we make and we got to get our thinking right. There's an old thing I used to teach in school when I, when I taught at the college level courses on banking and finance. I always talked about uh, stinking thinking. That's bad thinking. That's thinking that makes, puts you in a bad position. So we want to talk about our thoughts, talk about our thought life and I believe that God will bless it and I know that you'll receive Some direction from this teaching. I hope that this lesson has been beneficial to you, and I want you to just receive from it just a couple of thoughts. One is that God's ways are greater, His thoughts are greater, that we have the mind of Christ. We can direct our financial decisions and get advice on how to do things and where to go in our finances if we seek the face of God. And I believe if we all do that, we'll be so blessed and we'll be so thankful and we'll make great decisions and we'll be blessed in our finances let me pray as we close father once again i come to you and i'm thankful father how you've directed us through this session today and i pray a blessing upon all those who've listened in today and i pray lord as they get into your word and understand the guidance that you have for them father that they'll be blessed financially and lord i thank you for that i thank you for the opportunity once again to teach these words and to bring them out to help people father i don't charge a fee to do this lesson. It's nothing, Father, that's going to bless me greatly financially. I'm not concerned about that. But Lord, if this will just bless people in their finances and they'll be strong and they'll place their finances in your control, Lord, that'll be the greatest blessing that I can receive. And I'll thank you for it now and give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode will be entitled Our Financial Thoughts. Until next time, may God richly bless you in all that you do.